Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are going to be continuing our study through the book of Psalms as we've been going through five chapters a day, every day this month. And my goodness, we are already up to June 14th. We are so close to halfway through. That That is just incredible, which of course, that means we're going to be in chapters 66 through chapter 70, excuse me, chapter 66 through chapter 70. And today we're going to be looking at specifically Psalm chapter 69 and Psalm chapter 70. I've really enjoyed uh, this study through the book of Psalms. It has been um, just j- just really uplifting and, um, I, you know, something that 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 points my mind to the praise of God and and who God is and how big God is and how great God is, which in this culture and in this day and age, it is absolutely vital that you keep your eyes on Jesus, that you keep your eyes on God. Uh, that is one of the most important things that you can do in life is continue to focus and to set your mind and your eyes on Jesus Christ. I mean, We live in a world where it just seems to be getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And so it is just incredibly important that we focus in on him. But we're going to be looking at Psalm chapter 69 and Psalm chapter 70 here today. So we'd follow along as we read Psalm chapter 69. But I I will go ahead and say this because um, I was talking to my mom yesterday, and uh, she said, you know, I want to go and comment, but I can't ever remember how to do that. So I'll say it, and I'll say it just a little bit slower, uh, just to make sure that you can catch it. You can put your your podcast on pause if you want to, and you can go to shoutsofgrace.substack.com. Once again, that's shoutsofgrace.substack.com, and then you click on the day, and you go ahead and you comment there. So just just help my mom out. We'll see if she listens or not. She, I think she said she's a few days behind. So I'll I'll be getting a you, you know a call about this in uh, in about a week, giving giving me a hard time for uh, for for mentioning her on the podcast. No, she enjoys it, uh, and I'm I'm glad that she's listening to it. I'm glad that you're listening to it. I've actually been quite overwhelmed uh, in a in a good way by um, those who are listening to the podcast. I I didn't look to see how many downloads we were at. Uh, here, but last time I checked, um, we were over 3,000 downloads on this. And I mean, um, you know, haven't super promoted it, haven't uh, asked any I- anybody uh, of great influence or anything like that uh, to really promote the podcast. It, it has just been uh, people faithfully coming and listening to it and sharing it. Uh, and I, I really appreciate that. And I hope that um, through this, that it's not me that you see, but that it is God who's being revealed through his word, uh, because that is what it's all about. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about God. And so let's, uh, let's get into his word here in Psalm chapter 61, excuse me, 69. It says this, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire. Where there is no standing, I have come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. Those who hate me without cause are more than the hairs on my head. They are mighty who 
would destroy me. Being my enemies wrongfully, though I have stolen nothing, I still must restore it. O God, you know my foolishness, and my sins are not hidden from you. Let not those who wait for you, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed because of me. Let not those who seek you be confounded because of me, O God of Israel. Because of your sake, I have borne reproach. Shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children, because zeal for your house has eaten me up, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that became my reproach. I also made sackcloth my garment. I became a byword to them. Those who sit in the gate speak against me, and I am the song of drunkards. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord, in the acceptance time, excuse me, in the acceptable time. O God, in the multitude of your mercy, hear me in the truth of your salvation. Deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from those who hate me, and out of the deep waters. Let not the flood water overflow me, nor the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut its mouth on me. Hear me, O Lord, for your loving kindness is good. Turn to me according to the multitude of your tender mercies, and do not hide your face from your servant. For I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw near to my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies. You know my reproach, my shame, and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before you. Reproach has broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They also gave me gall for my food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table become a snare before them, and their well-being a trap. Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see, and make their loins shake continually." Pour out your indignation upon them, and let your wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their dwelling place be desolate. Let no one live in their tents. For they persecute the ones you have struck, and talk of the grief of those you have wounded. Add iniquity to their iniquity, and let them not come into your righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written in the righteous, with the righteous. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord. Better than an ox or a bull, which has horns and hooves, the humble shall see this and be glad. And you who seek God, your heart shall live. For the Lord hears the poor and does not despise his prisoners. Let heaven and earth praise him the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build the cities of Judah, that they may dwell there and possess it. Also the descendants of his servants shall inherit it, and those who love his name shall dwell in it. Now, when we're reading this psalm, there's one thing that really sticks out to me. Actually, there's a few things that really stick out to me, but one of the, 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 the first things that sticks out to me is that there's this incredibly prophetic 
language that's here that you wouldn't necessarily notice that it's prophetic when you're reading it. Uh, and it says in verse 9, because zeal for your house has eaten me up. Because zeal for your house has eaten me up. Now, the reason this is prophetic is because Jesus ended up going and driving the money changers out of the temple, and he did so with a whip. And it says uh, that, that this is the, the verse that was being cited. This was, this was the one that's being reminded. This is the one that, that people's mind is being pointed back to because of zeal for your house has eaten me up. And I, I just always love when I, we see these uh, the, these passages of Scripture. Um, you could go and see another one that's cited back in, in the book of Acts when it talks about um, let, let his office uh, or, or his days in office be short, and it's talking, of course, about Judas there, and, and let another take his place. Uh, in, in looking at those, those kind of things where it seems like these random verses that are in a totally different narrative, but God goes and he weaves it in and he says, look, actually, I had even more of a purpose than the direct narrative uh, of this. There is a greater truth that you are to apply to this. You know, th- there's, there's kind of a, a big push and it's, it goes back to, to Marcionism, which is that idea of rejecting the Old Testament, of saying, you know, we're, we're going to reject the Old Testament. We don't need the Old Testament. Uh, we're just going to go with the New Testament, which is all part of neo-Gnosticism. Um, I have some articles on neo-Gnosticism. I probably need to figure out how to sort a little bit better on Substack uh, just so people could access those kind of things because when you're doing a podcast every single day, things can get buried. Um, but it, in this this context here or, or of looking at this, there's a lot of uh, times something that's become popular, which is really a form of neo-Gnosticism or neo-Marcionism, uh, um, and, and this is an idea where people try to say, you know, uh, don't read yourself into the text. You're not David. Uh, Matt Chandler had that famous line where he goes and he says that, and and, and of course, there's there's always a hint of truth in every great lie, and, and of course, you know, you you can't go indirectly. Um, look at, at, at certain passages of Scripture and insert yourself into the passage of Scripture. You, you can't do that. But what you can do to every passage of Scripture is that you can insert every passage of Scripture into your life. For all Scripture is profitable for doctrine, for approval, for correction, for instruction of righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And, and there's so many people who they're going and they're saying, look, this is, uh, you got to look at the context, got to look at the context, got to look at the context. This is for this. This is for this. This is for this. And so it has no application to you. Well, that's that's not true. Um, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction, righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped, ready for every good work. If you're going and you're cutting off chunks of scripture and you're you're refusing to apply them to your life refusing to see where these can apply to your life then the reality of what you're doing is that you're unpreparing yourself you're unequipping yourself you're not going to be equipped for every good work which means that god has good works for you of course in ephesians 2:10 and you're not going to be ready for those good works you need the full counsel of god and so that is so important to go and to look and to see and to understand. So how could we apply this? Because zeal for your house has eaten me up. 
zeal for your house is eating me up. Well, what did that cause Jesus to do? Caused him to go pick up a whip and drive money changers out of the temple. It means that you should care about the purity of the local church. You should care about the doctrine of the local church, which where does this start? It starts with making sure that you're in a good, solid, biblical, local church church. Now, I, I just I, I know that there's a decent amount of people who go to the same local church as me, and I want to let you know, if, if that's you, you're going to the same local church that I'm going to, Cornerstone World Outreach, I can tell you, you are in a very, very, very good local church, one that cares desperately about the doctrine of Scripture and has a great zeal for the house of God. Now, there, there are a lot of people also who, who, who go to other churches, and perhaps you're going to a church that's, that's very good. That's great. But, but there's, there's some people I know, and I know this because I get all kinds of messages from all over the United States uh, of people who uh, have contacted me about the, the church that they're in, and, and maybe they're saying, you know, look, this is the, 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 the best thing that we could find. This is the only thing that we could find or something like that. Um, but it's it's one of those things that is incredibly important that you realize that you need to be going to a good, solid local church, and that might mean that you need to change your life. You need to go into change your life, and you need to go into move so that you can be at a good church. If you're going to have zeal for God's house, I mean, that means you need to be zealous. A zealous thing. You know, there, there are people who have moved for all sorts of reasons to be close to all kinds of different things. Why not move so that you can be near a good church? Now, I'm not saying that, that God's calling you to move. You might be in a good church, but I'm telling you, if you're one of those people who's looking around saying, I can't find a good church, move to where there is a good church. And if you need to know where a good church is, well, I, I can tell you Sioux City, Iowa has a tremendous one right here at Cornerstone World Outreach. But uh, let's also read Psalm chapter 70. It says this, to bring to remembrance, make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Let them be ashamed and confounded who seek my life. Let them be turned back and confused who desire my hurt. Let them be turned back because of their shame who say, aha, aha, let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad. You and let those who love your salvation say continually, let my God be magnified. But I am poor and needy. Make haste to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. Now, I'm just going to spend just a couple moments on this because I, I realized that I ran a little bit long there in that last section. But, but there's something that's interesting because it's repeated several times. I think it's repeated three times, make haste, O God. Make haste to help me, O Lord. And then it says, uh, make haste to me, O God. You, you know, if we were to go into look in the book of Romans, we could see that God is the God of all patience. He's the God of all patience. You know, he, he is a long-suffering God. Um, he is the God of all patience. Um, he is a God who waits. But, but, you know, there are times when God wants... To move quickly. In fact, I think of when uh, Moses and the children of Israel were standing at the Red Sea and Moses goes and God had told him already what to do, but Moses goes and he starts praying to God again. And, and God says, what are you praying to me for? Move forward, move forward. But, but I believe that there are times when God is ready and willing to deliver us out of a trial, 
ready and willing to come to our aid. He's a present help in our time of trouble. I mean, that's all over through Scripture, all throughout Scripture. And yet, he's waiting. But yet he's ready. And why is he waiting and yet he's ready? Well, it's because sometimes we haven't asked. We haven't asked God to come. Now, you have not because you ask not. And so that's the first thing. But then sometimes you ask and you have not because you ask amiss that you might use them on your own pleasure. You you still need to meet the qualifications. The um, you, you still have to meet the conditions that God sets forth for that deliverance. So whether it's learning a lesson, whether it's uh, repenting of sin, whether it's um, going in, and it, it depends on what you're going through. There's all kinds of conditions that could be out there. Um, but the point that I want to make is, is that most of the time, actually, I don't even know if most of the time works. It might just be all the time. God is ready and willing to deliver you from whatever you're going through in your trial. But it's a condition that we have to meet or it's a thing that we have to ask. And so, therefore, we need to remember, make haste, O God. But also that means you need to look inward and you need to see, am I meeting the conditions that God sets forth? Have I learned the lesson? Have I been sanctified? Have I been pruned in my life? Have I grown in this area? It's not wrong to ask God to hurry as long as we're meeting the conditions, as long as we're meeting the qualifications, as long as it's not for our own desires, but it is to be who God wants you to be. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. Hold to the promise, there's nothing we can't overcome.